When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Zegas Montag, Colts fans. That's German for Victory Monday. As the Indianapolis Colts beat down the New England Patriots in Germany to get back to 500 before their bye week. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by my fellow writer, analyst, and colleague at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, Pardon my German. I know that was terrible. And if that was the wrong word, blame Google Translate. I literally looked that up five minutes before we went live here. Uh, But Drake, Colts did it. Took care of business in Frankfurt, Germany to get back to 500 before their bye week and and try to build some momentum towards the, uh, the second half of this season. How you doing, buddy? Doing really good. It was very weird waking up that early uh, to watch football, Um, but but I'll tell you right now, man, it was awesome uh, being on X and seeing just so many fans in Germany. There were people that that we know that traveled there. There there's fans in Germany that are huge Colts fans. I know that some of them even greeted guys like Kenny Moore and Jonathan Taylor got autographs like right there at the airport. So there is a huge huge influx of NFL fans that are surfacing everywhere in in Germany and. Um, I tell you what, regardless of how ugly that game was, which we'll get into, it was ugly, but it's an NFL team. It's a professional team that you beat. You go into a bye week, crucial bye week that you need at five and five. You have one of the easiest last stretches of the NFL season for any team. This is a great opportunity. And Hey, they took care of business, two straight wins. Maybe they can build off of that when they return. Yeah, and shout out to Colts fan Cole. I saw him very active on social media this weekend. He yeah. made the trip to Germany uh, to to take in the game, so uh, that that was pretty cool to see. But yeah, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of Colts fans in Germany. Uh, good to see that Colts nation is showing out all around the world. Deep is in here early tonight. What's up to you, buddy? CMDSR from Virginia, as always. Good to see you and Stats Matt, the third host of the show. Uh, how are you doing fine sir it's always good to see you in here as well so as everyone keeps rolling in uh to get us started this evening uh again victory monday for the indianapolis colts uh, it's it's a it's a good victory monday taking care of business to get back to 500 i think they currently sit uh tied for for eighth in the playoff pictures eighth or ninth uh they're right outside they're, the window man they're 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 not out of it yet certainly not out of it yet but if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live. Hit the like button to help us with the algorithm uh, so that way you never miss an episode and we can reach other Colts fans just like you. So, uh, and if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review on there. Sean Conkright, uh, he says, good game in Germany, good defensive showing. And that's our title of our episode, Drake, is that the Colts 
survived a, a defensive slugfest with two defeat the Patriots. And basically they, they really did smother the, the, the new England Patriots, especially in the past game. Uh, really, really impressive outed by the pass rush. Uh, the defensive back certainly showed out. They had some trouble against the run, uh, but overall uh, I, they made the plays that they needed to make uh, when, when they were, when they were offered to them, they were, they took advantage of, of when the ball was in, in their grasp, I would say, with with opportune turnovers, and they did just enough to to beat the Patriots and and come out with the victory in Germany. Yeah, and you know, when it, a lot of times you talk about when you make a, an offense one dimensional, you turn you turn them into a pass heavy team. That's usually mm-hmm. what you think of with one dimensional. It was so interesting though because look, in the first half, the Colts just absolutely punched New England in the face. They sacked them. Five, I think all five of those sacks, if I'm not mistaken, came in the first half. Like New New England just said, "Look, we have to run the ball," and they did it really effectively. And they turned the Colts actually turned them weirdly one dimensional into a run only team. Where I think one drive they ran it like nine or ten times in a row. So um, that's something they're going to have to address. That they got fatigued. New England was really hitting them with some big shots uh, in the run game. But at the end of the day, you have to be impressed with how they came out with a, like just a fire lit underneath them, especially Dio Dangbo, who absolutely destroyed New England's uh, entire offensive line in the first half alone. Yeah, and I think I think it was it was good to see the the entire defensive line getting involved. You know, DeForest Buckner continues to be a monster. Seems like he is unblockable over the past few weeks. Uh, I think our colleague Zach Hicks uh, put put out on X that that over the last couple of weeks, DeForest Buckner's pass rush win rate is like twenty seven percent. So he's beating his 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 uh, opposing offensive linemen over a fourth of the time. Uh, just very impressive things from an interior uh, defensive lineman and then you had quitty pay get involved he went down with a hamstring injury came back and and still got a sack of mac jones taekwon lewis got a sack but then there's the hurricane and and this is where i want to focus on with with really our first segment here is hurricane dio odangbo comes in for quitty pay after pay went down with that hamstring injury two plays later he gets his first sack then on the next drive another sack for dio odangbo then another sack three sacks in the first half for Dio Dangbo, a ties a record for the Indianapolis Colts with uh, a soon to be in and probably future Hall of Famer Dwight Freeney, who had three sacks uh, in the first half against the Cleveland Browns back in 2005. But with those three sacks, Dio Dangbo, who's not a starter, plays in a limited role. He gets about 40 to 50 percent of those snaps in a rotational role. Dio Dangbo now leads the Indianapolis Colts in sacks for the 2023 season pretty remarkable yeah and for it to happen so sudden is 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 pretty pretty indicative of that the colts pass rush has kind of fallen off uh at times in these past few games you haven't seen them come out with that kind of fire in a while uh guys like sam snebicom and quitty pay they really started off the season averaging i think even into week four they were averaging each either you know uh three-fourths of a sack or a sack a game. So, like, they were doing pretty well. Um, but these past few weeks, you've kind of seen it seen it fall off. But, boy, uh, it's, it's very encouraging to see a guy that is considered on the depth chart 
as just that, a depth piece. He's a guy that you rotate in, you rotate out, you give your starters a rest by putting in a power rusher like Dio Dengbo, who just has freakishly long arms, and he's just huge and very strong and very powerful. And he absolutely was throwing around offensive linemen from the Patriots. And um, I think that he has justified more playing time. I think that he's pushed a guy like Samson Ebicom you know, to, to step it up or, you know, maybe lose some snaps, a guy who just got a nice contract. So I think it's good for everybody. It's good for Dio. It's good for competition. And it's good for the entire Colts defensive front that he's put, that he just played like that. It really is because you, you want to see more bodies like that. You don't want to have the Colts rely on just a couple of guys, the more guys that, that have to be accounted for and, and defended on a, on a down by down basis, the better this Colts defense is going to be, especially for a unit that doesn't blitz very much. You know, Gus Bradley still did not send very many blitzes against the new England Patriots, regardless of how affected Mac Jones was by the pressure, but the Colts were able to get home with four rushers the majority of the time and and that's that's good to see but after a performance like that you'd be foolish not to give dio dangbo more more playing time you know uh, he's in the middle of his third season now he's on pace to get over 10 sacks in a rotational role but this is kind of the breakout performance we've been waiting from for dio dangbo you know he has all the athletic tools in the world you know six foot six 286 pound defensive lineman with with some of the longest arms on the on the entire team i think besides deforest buckner or he might even have longer arms than DeForest Buckner. They might be one and two right there. Coming out of the draft, I mean, in the draft process, yes, he had that torn Achilles, but one of the biggest things about him was that he had one of the greatest get-offs and one of the fastest get-offs of any defensive lineman in that class. So to see a performance like this, it's really good to see. Now, it's about stacking those performances and continuing to to be a force there. That's how I think Dio Dangbo really asserts himself into the starting lineup is you continue to make these plays. You don't just have a three-sack performance and, and then you we're unheard of for the next four or five games you know what i mean so this is a great start and in my piece after the game yesterday i wrote that it's time to it's time to release the hurricane you know give dio odangbo some more snaps i think samson ebucom has been has been pretty good you know, he's definitely yeah. been an upgrade from, from Yannick Ngakwe last year. He's been yeah. able to get more pressure. He started off the season really good finishing his sacks. He had four sacks right away. But then ever since, he's he's been close, still getting pressure, but not bringing those guys down, not finishing those sacks. I think he needs to step that up. But hey, Dio Dangbo keeps this up. I mean, you you got to insert him into the starting lineup or at least give him starting road. The, the, uh, the a percentage of the uh, uh, of the reps that equals what the starters are getting. Yeah. And look, the more uh, successful pass rushers that you can have like that, the better your your entire defense is going to play. I mean, I know that it's uh, we beat this, you know, basically dead into the ground at this point. But the Eagles last year had four guys over 10 sacks. That's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. Now, right. Those guys aren't all starting. There were some of those guys that were rotating in and out and they had depth pieces rotating in with them, keeping them fresh. So the fact that they were able to do that at such a pace, it really makes you want to have something similar to that. Well, Obviously, it's not that for the Colts, but if if Ebicom can step up 
and you have Odangbo, who's already on this upward tra trajectory, and then you've got Pay, who's consistent with Buckner, and when he returns, Stewart. I mean, that's a really formidable matchup for any offensive line. If all those guys are playing well and they're really putting pressure in their own way on a QB, I mean, that's a lot to deal with for an offensive line, especially a struggling one like, like New England's had. Exactly. There. We talk all the time about a, a struggling secondary or, or an inexperienced secondary for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, one way to help that, don't make it so they have to cover opposing wide receivers for five and six seconds, you know. Get a rush going so that way that quarterback has to get rid of the ball very quickly. And that's what the Colts did yesterday. And speaking of the secondary, for a couple of guys that, that maybe haven't been getting as much uh, uh, as much kudos as, as they should or haven't been playing at a high level one of those we have noticed the other guy we said has has kind of fallen off but the safeties for the indianapolis colts certainly showed out yesterday before we get to that Truett kicks us off with our first super chat of the evening your first super sticker loyal listener Truett here thank you so much buddy for the super sticker uh really do appreciate you being in here on a nightly basis and talking colts with us buddy uh you're definitely one of the real ones thank you so much Truett. what a guy but but julian blackman and rod Thomas the second yesterday Drake two big turnovers you know Julian Blackman almost had two interceptions probably should have had two interceptions yeah. true just to finish true thought he says I gotta watch the bag taking uh, uh the fam to Universal uh, uh so hey have a great time in Universal yeah. that that's gonna be a blast but but Drake I'm gonna let's look at the stats real quick the stat line yesterday for these two safeties Julian Blackman had had four tackles two pass deflections and that interception Rodney Thomas only had two tackles and a pass deflection with that interception but the stats really don't do it justice you know what i mean it, the, those safeties when they had those opportunities they played pretty damn well and, and i thought both blackman and thomas uh, especially thomas uh, really needed that game yesterday just to kind of boost their confidence moving forward well, and, I mean, this season, Julian Blackman is still third on the team with 66 tackles. He has five tackles for loss. Um, let's see. Now he's got three interceptions on the season. I mean, I think he's also tied. Yep, he's tied with Kenny Moore for three interceptions for the team lead. And Rodney Thomas, I, I don't question Blackman as much mm -hmm. as, as Thomas because Blackman's, by all regards, had the best season that he's ever had like statistically i mean he's mm -hmm. playing really well and uh so i think he looks just fine it's rodney thomas that i think up to this point you've been like is this guy was last year just a flash in the pan did he just emerge on a team that really stunk like you know he led the team in interceptions but some of those like one of those was kirk cousins just somehow it was almost like a punt he threw it directly to him so some of those plays you look back on and you're like, who is Rodney Thomas? But to see him go out there and have the ball skills that he did in that game, even though it's against the New England Patriots, you still have to capitalize on those opportunities. Still comes away with an interception, still has two again on the year. So you know what? Maybe this is his time to bounce back because in this last stretch of these games, they're going to need both those safeties along with Nick Cross rotating in to play well enough to keep teams from throwing on him. I think, I mean, this this position switch from free safety to strong safety for Julian Blackman has been possibly career career altering 
for yeah. him, you know, because I mean, he was almost an afterthought last year. Rodney Thomas, he gets injured. Rodney Thomas comes in at free safety plays well. When Julian Blackman comes back, he really didn't see the field until Kenny Moore went down and Blackman got thrown into the slot slot corner role. This year, he moves to strong safety and he's had a career year, as you said. You know, in my opinion, Julian Blackman went from a guy that the Colts probably could live without to a guy that I think the Colts should should resign in for 2024 according to pro football focus which i know pro football focus isn't the bible uh but i think it is it is in, in a lot of situations it's a good gauge about how players are are performing uh not not always but but it gives you a general general thought julian blackman is the number eight ranked safety in the nfl this year according to pro football focus so great he's 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 really providing this secondary with a boost when it's been kenny moore we know kenny moore has been playing at at a pro bowl level and in fact i think kenny moore is is like the 13th ranked cornerback in the nfl according to pro football focus at this point but julian blackman has been right there providing a boost and it's not just in the secondary you know he's been great against the run you've seen the colts use him blitzing to get pressure pressure on the quarterback in some instances. I really think this position position switch has changed the outlook for Julian Blackman, not just for his career, but for, for his tenure in Indy. And, and at this point, I, I know Nick Cross is sitting there waiting in the wings, but at this point, it, it would not surprise me if the Colts bring back Julian Blackman and, and he's their starting strong safety for the long term. Yeah. And I think that this, this is a contract year, correct? Yes, this is this is a contract year because he was drafted in the same year that uh, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman were drafted. Yeah, I I think that he's absolutely played himself into an extension. I really do because like I, you're looking now at Rodney Thomas, and then you're assessing is Nick Cross the guy that we want to go with from here on out after the season, or is Rodney Thomas the guy? You're going to mm-hmm. start to see one of those two get more snaps because Julian Blackman's not going to get snaps taken away. He is absolutely playing fantastic football. It's between Nick Cross and Rodney Thomas. Who's going to be that free safety from here on out? And and Nick Cross at times has shown he's got some ability over Rodney Thomas, especially athletically. So uh, I think Rodney Thomas right now is the better guy when it comes to tracking the ball, just you know coverage. But I think that Nick Cross, if he can adjust his coverage skills and get better at that, he's probably going to take that from him just because he's more athletic. Yeah, I, I agree. So, but and and even though the Colts limited the Patriots to only six points yesterday, there was one component of the defense that that certainly was not impressive, and and that was the run defense. Drake, I think the reason the sacks the sacks didn't kind of start piling up in the second half as well is because the Patriots just simply ran the ball down the Colts throats. You know, there was hardly any opportunities for the Colts to get those sacks in the second half. Uh, And if I have the numbers right here, I think the Patriots yesterday, they ran for 167 yards on the ground, a 4.6 yards per carry average. It, and, and I I want to I want to pinpoint one person here. I I just really think that you could chalk this up to to Grover Stewart not being out there. You know, in the four games that Grover Stewart has been suspended thus far, he has two remaining on his suspension, two games remaining. The Colts just haven't been the same against the run. Taven Bryan hasn't been a fix. Dio Dagbo has mostly we've talked about him playing in the middle there. He's mostly been playing outside at defense yeah. and which is fine. I mean, he's I don't know if you really want to move him inside to take his pass 
pass rush ability away, obviously, because he's now leading the team in sacks. But Eric Johnson certainly hasn't. He's he's I think he's been an upgrade over Taven Bryan, but Basically, what teams are doing is you just double team and put bodies on DeForest Buckner so he can't get through, and and you run you run up that hole, and it seems like it's been working really well for teams the last four games. Well, in this game, the 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 statistics are very interesting. So the Patriots had it looks like a total of sixty three plays. All right, twenty seven passes, twenty from Mac Jones, seven from Bailey Zappi, but they had thirty six runs. So. Mm-hmm a good portion of over half their plays were run plays and the longest was 15 yards, which was Mac Jones. That means that it was just consistently three, four, five yard gains. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were really getting incredible. That's the best type of success you can have in the run, not having a couple huge runs, having just every time you hand that ball off to whoever the hell you're handing it to, they're getting three yards at the least. There were guys not tackling Ramondre Stevenson until he was with the linebackers. I mean, that is really good running. So I think you're right, Andrew. I think that along with how teams understand how to how to get after Gardner Minshew, I think teams 100% understand how to attack the Colts defense, and that's running the ball. Now, there's going to be other teams that can't run it like New England can because that's their bread and butter. But, man, Taven Bryan uh, especially has got to get better at, at run defense because you expected Eric Johnson to at least be a pretty good plug in there while Grover Stewart serves a suspension. But I did uh, anticipate – Brian being a better run defender, even though he's more of a pass, a pass rusher. But hey, at the end of the day, the Colts have to uh, address that because they're not going to have any chance of making the playoffs if teams can run like that on them. I agree. I want to give a quick shout out to Sarah here. Uh, said, how are you doing? My dear friends, Andrew Drake. Good to see you, Sarah. Uh, she was happy with the secondary and Dio and Dangbo. I think we all were. Uh, so good to see you, Sarah. Thanks for thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, but and it's it's going to be tough, Drake, for, for the Colts to really adjust this without, without Grover Stewart being there. You know, we're getting to that point in the season where where there's not really many answers. I definitely think this should be an area for the Colts to to address in free agency, in the draft. As a backup nose tackle, you could probably want to address that more in free agency, I would say, than the draft, because you have some young guys like Eric Johnson still there. Uh, Adetomawa Adabaware is still there, Uh, but they're more... Eric Johnson's more of a nose tackle, just hasn't really panned out. Uh, Adabari is is more of a, a three technique pass rusher in there, but it's 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 got to be a it's got to be more of a collective effort, and and it's got to be one of those guys to really start stepping up over these next two games, whether it is uh, uh, Eric Johnson or or Taven Bryan, whether they do try to put Dio Dangbo more inside. But uh, looking at the Colts' schedule, I think they face the next two games are against the uh, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which don't have a great run game. But then you're you're going up against Derrick Henry and and the Tennessee Titans. So that we know is is going to be a, a difficult task, especially it's not it's no longer Ryan Tannehill in there. You, you've got Will Levis. So that kind of completely changes changes the dynamic going up against the Titans from when the Colts played them earlier this season. But if teams are going to, to, to just continue to run the ball, it takes that, that pass rushing element out of it for, for the Colts. And you really won't, 
have to worry about the secondary, but but teams will just continue to run the ball down their throat, take time off the clock, and 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 be able to chip away. And thankfully, the Patriots missed a chip shot field goal. Otherwise, yeah. the Colts would have been would probably would have been in trouble, you know, yesterday because they would have completely changed the the trajectory of the game. So, uh, it, it's definitely a concern moving forward. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Colts adjust or who's going to step up in that role until Grover Stewart is back. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to it, when you face a team like the Titans, because the first time I believe the Colts were at full strength when it came to uh, the defensive front. And so you can't have that kind of an issue with the Tennessee Titans there. We we've seen what happens when you don't have an interior, like a couple of interior plugs there. When you face Derrick Henry, they just run the ball constantly. And we saw the New England Patriots have success. Outside of a couple awful Mac Jones throw or throws and a, a bad Bailey Zappy throw and, and some missed a missed field goal, I mean the Patriots really had a, a pretty good game plan to to move the football down the field. So it's got to be something that you address as as teams start to fight for playoff position in the later part of the season. You know what really gets you through that and then through the postseason to the Super Bowl is a really strong ground game, and that's what teams will start to implement against the Colts. So look for Gus Bradley to address that first and foremost while Stewart still serves his suspension. And, and I think one area that, that as, as the chat brings up a good point, I want to mention this as well, Shaquille Leonard, you know, we would drink, we've, we've been very big proponents of letting Shaquille Leonard play more and, and, and letting his play do the talking. He's looked better in recent weeks. Yesterday was not one of those games, you know, Shaq Leonard looked slow. He looked like he, he was having a hard time reacting to the running game. He had a hard time reacting to, to some of the screens to Ezekiel Elliott. He, he missed a tackle on Ezekiel Elliott that ended up being close to a 20 uh, over like a 20 yard gain or something like that was not a good day for, for Shaq. Leonard and the thing is he played the most snaps he's he's played this season I think he played close to 70 snaps yesterday while EJ Speed only played I think 33 percent of the Colts snaps so Shaq got a, a chance yesterday with with a bigger workload and and yeah well he had nine tackles a lot of those were were assisted not many of those were were him mag- actually making plays on the ball so uh, i mean if if we're going to be proponents for Shaq playing well we also have to to be realistic about this too when he doesn't play well and and luckily the Colts got the victory but it was also luckily that Zaire Franklin was but was back yesterday Zaire played well Shaquille Leonard did not play well in Germany yesterday and you know you're you're looking at it this way and it could be a bunch of things it could have just been one singular bad game you know you could also be looking at the situation like you're hoping anyway that he's still just having issues adjusting to this new scheme or that he's not being used properly because the last thing you ever want to like come to realization on and i'm just going to come out and say it is that maybe after all of this recovery maybe and maybe this is a uh an injury that you just don't come back to the same as you were before from this is something that Colts fans just have to potentially adjust to now I personally think and I trust what Shaq Leonard says about his body I really do I think that he's getting there physically I just think he's really having issues adjusting to this scheme that's what I believe that's what I want to believe maybe um but at the end of the day yeah that was that was a performance where you look at the snaps he was given them you look at the performance and it was really a one-dimensional offense all run almost 
and he just really had issues getting those plays on his own. So you're hoping that after this bye week, things can readjust. Maybe him and Gus can sit down, have a cup of coffee and a, uh, and later on a pizza and play some video games together and get to know each other a little better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe a beer to end the night. But at the end of the day, you're just hoping that it's something he's adjusting to and that he can get over it. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Now let's look, let's turn our attention to the offensive side of the ball here, Drake. And, and, wasn't wasn't good. I mean, wasn't the most the, the prettiest outing that we have seen from the offense. Actually, the first game of the season where the Colts didn't score over twenty points. So unfortunately, that streak ended for for Shane Steichen's unit. But we got to start with Gardner Minshew. Uh, man, I I think it's time. I think not time to bench him, but it's it's a like cause for concern with how Gardner Minshew has been playing. He continued to play scared, continued to leave pockets before the pressure got there. Uh, there were times where he was scrambling around trying to do his best Patrick Mahomes impression or Caleb Williams impression, whoever you want to whoever you want to compare him to, but it was not great. You know, it, it, it wasn't a good, a good performance, but even though pro football focus, which was this, this made my jaw kind of drop to the floor, pro football focus had Gardner Minshew as the highest graded player from the Colts, uh, for, for yesterday's performance. So that's why I say, you know, pro football focus can be a, a good tool, but don't take it as the Bible. Just, just not, not a good, not a good game out of Gardner Minshew. Stats, Matt, with a super chat here. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, he Ew. adds, he adds in his, uh, uh, his thoughts here. Thinks it's a combination of Gardner Minshew thinking too much, plus he's just a step slow. So, so Drake, uh, and he he comes in with another super chat here to finish his point. Hopefully, Gardner sees Ghostbusters on the buy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think he could definitely use use uh, something to get out of his own head a little bit. So, thank you so much, Stats Matt, for the super chat and for the joke. That was a, that was a good one. Really yeah. appreciate it, buddy. But Drake, what are your thoughts on this, man? I, I'm just sitting there watching Gardner Minshew play yesterday and it just seems like his pocket presence is getting worse and worse and he is looking like he doesn't trust his offensive line when I don't know why he shouldn't trust his offensive line because he had the starters back for the first time since week two I thought the offensive line played excellent yesterday uh, uh, especially protecting Minshew there in the pocket yeah there there was a few plays where he just all of a sudden it's like it's like the 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 switch was like boop, and the and the happy feet started for Gardner Minshew, and I'm looking at his last six contests. Currently, he's got six touchdowns, six interceptions. Okay, so that's that's a, a that is not even high level backup 
That's that's like Zach Wilson numbers. No no offense to Jets fans. It's unfortunate down uh, up there, but that's like kind of kind of even mediocre what he should be putting up. But I mean, against the Saints, two hundred thirteen passing yards. Against the Panthers, one hundred twenty seven passing yards. Against the Patriots, one hundred ninety four passing yards. This is an offense that is currently totally exposed. And, and it's because of Minshew's limitations, and it's mm-hmm. because they know he's not going to outrun anybody unless you unless he's got a real big step on you, and he's going to get happy feet with pressure. So both those things combined, really, I think, are getting to to him personally. Like uh, running in this Shane Steichen offense, and he doesn't have the weapons he did in Philly, so it's a little bit different. Um, but yes, I, I I am concerned too. I'm right there with you. He had a few really solid plays. I think the play of the game probably had him. <laughs> he he looked like a tap dancer and i was like what in the hell is Minshew doing <laughs> and then he just falling backwards slings this absolute dart to josh downs who legitimately was supposed to be limited in that game and he made the play of the game and l- led to the outcome and the win so he made some decent plays but overall you just aren't gonna finish strong when you've got um let me see here real quick you got teams i know that they've got a safer schedule but tennessee's gonna bring the pressure Cincinnati's still got talent on defense. The Pittsburgh, the Steelers have had the Colts numbers for for years. So until proven otherwise, they've got the advantage, especially with Minshew under center. And then the Houston Texans at the end of the year, if it comes down to having to get through them to get to the playoffs for the Colts, that's going to be a struggle. They're going to have to figure out something really Herculean to to get that offense over the hump because right now they're totally exposed, man. And I hope that they can address something during the bye week because it could get ugly in some of these games if teams know how to get them. Wanted to clear something up. Stats Matt's first comment was about Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. I think he was a combination between too much thinking and a step slow. So wanted to make sure we took care of that. Thanks again, Stats Matt, for for your super chats, buddy. But <laughs> I agree, Drake. I, and I think this bye week is good for Gardner Minshew. I hopefully hopefully he gets away. Hopefully he settles down a little bit. Uh, hopefully he can kind of reset some because the things that Gardner Minshew has been historically good at are uh, sensing pressure in the pocket and not turning the ball over you know and and so far the things that he's been most prevalent for as a as a Colts quarterback is sensing the pressure before it's to there getting skittish in the pocket and and turning the ball over he had another interception yesterday off a tip ball that was intended for for Michael Pittman it was a bad one too yeah I mean so he just needs to settle down a little bit there's there's no need to be to to be superhero rely on your weapons rely on Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss rely on Michael Pittman and Josh Downs those guys are are good enough to get you down the field move the chains and win you football games you don't need to be uh, uh, uh you don't need to be superman out there you know just be that field general that you have been historically throughout your career take care of the football get the ball out to your weapons and and let them go to work let them earn their their big paychecks so hopefully this bye week settles Gardner Minshew down a little bit hopefully he gets away for a little bit but I hope he also looks at his film and and really tries to to realize you know I don't need to be so so sped up that internal clock in my head doesn't need to be so sped up all the time I can trust my offense of linemen who are, are playing at a, at a very very high rate especially those offensive tackles i mean bernard ryman is is turning into an absolute star at left tackle right before our eyes i think he's like the fifth best offensive tackle in the in the league right now just an absurd sophomore campaign by bernard ryman so 
you, you combine all that together, but you're going to need a much more composed quarterback through the second of the rest of the games for the Colts this season if they have if they want to have a chance of of making something out of the rest of the year. Let's move to the running game for the Colts. Got off to a fast start for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had the majority of the carries. I don't think there's really a, a competition anymore. I think Zach Moss only had one carry for two yards yesterday. So he, he did well, but it's it's now the Jonathan Taylor show as, as it probably should be uh but jonathan taylor 23 carries yesterday for uh 69 yards and and a touchdown the the patriots really just they again teams know what to do against the indianapolis colts you you focus on stopping the run and try to put the ball in gardner Minshew's hands and jonathan taylor did get off to it to a nice start but after that first drive where, where he scored the touchdown, the Patriots were like, nope, he's not going to do it. And they they forced Gardner Minshew to beat them. Thankfully, all, all that, that touchdown was all that was needed. But it, 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 Jonathan Taylor, I think in if he is under normal circumstances, we'd be seeing a, a more success out of number 28. Do you agree, Drake? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, even if you have four yards per carry, I mean, you're looking at, I believe it's 82 I believe it's 82 yards or no 70, 72 yards. No, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm doing terrible with math right now. Um, excuse me. 92 yards is, is how much. So the thing is he had a long of 10 yards. And then after that, if you remove that, you got 22 carries for 59 yards. So the Patriots multiple times put him down in the backfield. Um, they, they stuffed him multiple times at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, Look, man, Jonathan Taylor proved, I think, in this game, I know that the numbers aren't that great, but, man, he proved he's back in this game because he was the reason the offense was just chugging along on the field because we'll get to it later. Not many guys in the past game really stepped up in this outside of Michael Pittman. So Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor was the next best thing for this offense. And the fact that he could be leaned on like that and Zach Moss playing as great as he has, even Shane Steichen has turned to Jonathan Taylor like this, like you said, Jonathan Taylor is officially back. I think the contract warrants it. I think the Colts' confidence in him carrying the offense in this game is a great example. I think warrants it. Um, But, yeah, I think you're going to see Jonathan Taylor, a very heavy dosage of him, and them lean on him a lot to finish this stretch and and hopefully make the playoffs. And I I don't think that that Zach Moss is is going to – be reduced to to the bench and we won't see him get no. get a snap again uh i think there very well could still be games throughout the season where the that split ends up being about 50 50 when zach moss gets the hot hand but no longer are we going to see the games of, of zach moss getting 20 carries and and jonathan taylor getting like seven or eight you know where if jonathan taylor is going to get the bulk of the carries uh, uh most of the way you know it'll probably it probably be a, a 70 30 split if if i have to guess from from now and until week 18 so you're still going to see zach moss in there but i think this is obviously it's it's now jonathan taylor's team uh, again and and i think he's doing a pretty good job but again when when teams are loading up in the box to to stop the run uh, i mean there's only so much he can do unless gardner Minshew starts making teams pay for doing that we'll have to see if that happens after the bye but let's touch on a couple wide receivers here drake Michael Pittman Jr., eight catches for uh, uh, for 84 yards. Josh Downs, who was limited yesterday, 
two catches, 40 yards, including that huge catch on fourth that on a uh, third down to, to extend the drive. I mean, Minshew was, was going crazy, but that was all Josh downs. It was a, a throw there. He had to make a diving catch dealing with a knee injury. Both those guys come up clutch again for the Indianapolis Colts offense. Yeah. And you know, I, I just, I mean, I'm not really that shocked to talk about Michael Pittman leading the team. I mean, in catches the next closest guy, uh, for receptions was Isaiah McKenzie with four, and then for yardage it was Josh Downs with forty. But Michael Pittman eight catches, eighty four yards on twelve targets. Don't really need to say more. He's just the volume guy. Continues to show out. But man, Josh Downs, I gotta, I gotta preach on this kid for a second. He is playing out of his mind, and and he goes and it was announced that he was going to be pretty heavily limited in this game, mm-hmm. and he goes out there and makes a play that sealed it for the Colts on a throw that made Minshew. Look pretty, pretty freaking good because I'm telling you that was not a good throw. No. It was off his back foot. It was in his own end zone. It, it it was in his defense, out of the reach of any defensive player. I'll tell you that. But down Downs caught that with his fingertips, and then he turned his body and landed on his back. I mean, it was absolutely a veteran catch made by a rookie wide receiver. So uh, you just hope that Josh Downs can get back to full health after the bye week because. Good Lord Almighty, he absolutely showed every bit of his pass catching ability on that play and while hurt. So a lot of things to be excited about for for some of the youngsters on the Colts. But also you've got a a, just a consistent safety blanket, Michael Pittman, that even against Bill Belichick goes out there and almost gets 10 catches. The rookie simply just doesn't drop footballs it's nope. it's pretty phenomenal to see uh the kind of hands that josh downs possesses we see a wild brandon moses in the chat what's up to you and then i want to give a shout out to b-ball here for this comment mckenzie had a huge play too don't forget yeah people forget isaiah mckenzie with the 42 yard kickoff return uh to really set things up for the colts there uh in the fourth quarter so uh it was it was mckenzie w- affected the game on on special teams but uh, in my opinion, the Colts have uh, – we'll see how Pierce turns out. I don't want to throw Pierce under the bus all the time like some other fans uh, uh, do. But with Michael Pittman Jr. And, and and Josh Downs, you have two out of your three wide receivers for, for years to come. And that's got to be encouraging, especially once Anthony Richardson gets back, continues to pick up where he left off, and, and he grows even more with the chemistry between those two. So – Colts sit at five and five, Drake, uh, much needed by week, well-deserved by week, uh, winning two in a row. Uh, and, and I think that they need to recharge, uh, recharge, get rested, ready for these final seven games, uh, to close out the season. But how, how do you feel? How are you feeling about this Colts team? What's your confidence level? What do you think this team could accomplish here, uh, throughout the rest of, of November and, and in December or January? You know, I, I I think they have a lot of potential, but I and this is just what happens when you're a quarterback. You get a lot of the you get a lot of the flack and the criticism. They're limited with Minshew. They're 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 limited with Gardner Minshew. I do think that Minshew has not played at the height of what he can in this Colts offense. That's what I do believe. I think that when you saw the height of what Minshew can do when he was plopped in as a spot starter, that's when you saw him really operating. I think that if he can get back to that level of play given that the Colts face teams like Pittsburgh, which look, Kenny Pickett does not look good. That offense does not look good. They, they've escaped with wins, and I mean limping out of the field with wins. So you've got guys like the, the Falcons who can't find themselves offensively right now. 
you've got teams that can still be beat like the Texans. Even with Stroud playing the way he has, the Colts already took care of business once. They can probably do it again. So you've got a schedule where you can take care of business. And it starts off with a team like Tampa Bay that's, you know, exploitable on defense. So I think that it can be done. But Minshew's got to step up his play because offense, it just hinges so much on what he can and can't do and how much defenses are going to pressure him because thus far he's not responded very well to pressure. Right. Brandon Moses says he wants his shout out uh, because I gave B-ball one. Brandon says, not the guy who just had two kids. <laughs> Brandon, you didn't have two kids. Your wife, Paige, uh, pushed out <laughs> your twin girls there. So shout out to Paige for, for doing the work. Brandon, I guess. And not Brandon. A, I guess you get a shout out for being a cheerleader of hey. sorts. Uh, but there, there, there's your shout out, buddy. Uh, but, but Drake, I think it all hinges on, like you said, you hit it on the head. Gardner Minshew. Uh, really, Gardner Minshew is the key to the rest of the season. You know, the the weapons are there for for Gardner Minshew. Uh, I think the defense, especially once Grover Stewart comes back, once you get Juju Brents back, I, I think the defense will be okay. Uh, I, I I'm not going to say that this defense is going to be elite. I don't. I just don't think they're there. But I think they can they can they can hold up. You know, they can stay with with other teams. But it's got to be on Gardner Minshew. You can't turn the ball over. You can't be skittish in the pocket. You have to be calm. You have to be what the Colts brought you in here to be, that 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 calming, steady hand for this offense. So you let the guys like Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman, uh, uh, Josh Downs, uh, Drew Ogletree, who is now ascended as, as tight end one, Kylan Granson, let those guys do the work for you. You don't have to be Superman. You just have to be good enough and steer this offense in the right direction so hopefully the buy is is good for Gardner Minshew to kind of get his head back on him maybe slow things down a little bit because if he does that I mean the Colts control their own destiny they have games against uh, the teams that they can beat you know uh, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are anything special uh, the Colts have already beaten the Titans once this year they've beaten the Texans once this year yes CJ Stroud is is playing phenomenal football right oh, yeah. now but people forget the i mean with anthony richardson obviously but the colts took it to them you know and and there's other games like you said the falcons aren't playing that well uh pittsburgh that's the, they don't that's a, a flip game if they can contain tj watt and alex highsmith i could see the colts winning that one so a lot of very winnable games the raiders even a lot of very winnable games remaining for the indianapolis colts so it is as long and with shane steichen we've seen him do incredible things with this team i'm not counting the colts out just yet shout out to my beautiful wife danielle for her super sticker on the evening the nightly super sticker thank you so much for all of your support as always and and by the way danielle made a fire dinner this evening chick uh, uh beef and noodles with mashed potatoes your boy was eating right it was great comfort food uh, <laughs> on this victory monday but drake let's oh, look yeah. at let's look at the colts injury report here go through some of the injuries right before the bye. Uh, Juju Brents, again, missed this week's game with a quad injury, did not travel uh, to uh, Germany with the team. Hopefully he is back uh, after the bye week, gets some more rest, and he can return to practice. Same with Drew Ogletree, did not travel with the team because of a foot injury, so you hope he is back. Ryan Kelly left in the middle of the game yesterday, was diagnosed with another concussion, his second of the season. I think I saw Wyatt Law in the chat talking about how 
It was his, it's his fourth concussion in his career with the Indianapolis Colts. Definitely starts to wear on you. And, and it seems like Ryan Kelly is some, he, he, I think he, in fact, one season he, he missed like the rest of the season after he got a concussion. So definitely not a small injury for Ryan Kelly. And, and you hope, you hope it's nothing too serious and he's, he's able to, to heal up, uh, first of all, and everything's good there. Uh, but return to the football field as well, because Ryan Kelly has had a hell of a season, uh, as the center, really good bounce back year and, and probably on his way to another pro bowl in my opinion. Yeah. And he's the anchor of the offensive line still, you know, and he's mm-hmm. been with the team the longest he's, he's been a stalwart this year and he's had a huge return year after an awful season last year. Uh, but Hey, you know what, Wesley French, I know that he's obviously not Ryan Kelly, but I think he's a good enough depth center, good enough backup that he can at least hold the fort. And you just hope that Kelly will at least come back before the end of the season. Cause like you said, I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, they did essentially shut him down after I think he had a second concussion in another year. So you're hoping he returns. And while Wesley French has been serviceable uh, yeah. in in Kelly's stead, there's definitely a difference when Ryan yeah. Kelly is out there at center for for the Colts. And then I wanted to bring up this: we've seen I've seen multiple people have asked me on X. We've seen people ask in the chat. What's up with Jelani Woods? You know, Jelani Woods. Of uh, when this season started, he went on IR. It was supposed to be just for four weeks. Let that hamstring injury heal. Drake, we're now at week eleven. The next time the Colts take the field will be week 12. We still have not seen a single snap out of Jelani Woods the entire 2023 season. And and I'll be honest, Drake and I, we don't have any insider information on this. No one does. Jelani Woods, the Colts have been very tight-lipped about Jelani Woods and his injury recovery. And his, the only thing we've heard is from Shane Steichen saying that he's progressing and they hope he comes back soon. Drake, I mean... We could speculate a little bit, but do you do you think at this point Jelani Woods even returns in the 2023 season? Because uh, if I were a betting man, I would not bet that he does. Yeah, uh, you know, before I even answer that, getting information from Shane Steichen and getting updates from Shane Steichen or, it isn't like it used to be with Frank Reich. You don't get full sentences. You get <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll it's see. It's like it's like it's like yes, of course we'll see Shane. But hey, I respect it. You know, keep keep it close to the chest. I, I don't think you will. Um, I really don't. I think that you'll get a lot of answers over the bye week mm-hmm. with John Lonnie Woods. It, if we, hey, look, if they're start, if they're starting practices, hey, Wednesday of week 12, right, comes along and Jelani Woods is still not practicing, I think it's safe to assume he's done for the season. I really do because I don't think that they're going to risk anything, especially if they're just saying to themselves, we're in playoff contention without, without him. Okay, and our long-term plans have him involved. So maybe we just let Drew Ogletree, Kylan Granson, Mo Mo take over the, the tight end room for the rest of the season because they could still make the playoffs even with just the guys they have now. Now, would it be a huge boost if they got Jelani Woods back? Of course it would be. He's arguably the best pass catcher of the tight end group, and he's arguably the most athletic, and he's the biggest. So I think that he makes the most sense in Shane Steichen's scheme. But, yeah, I – even though he's behind me, man, him and it, Pierce hasn't had the year he was supposed to, and Jelani hasn't played, so the jerseys behind me have not been the best luck charm this season. But I, I do hope to see Jelani Woods at the end of the season or by the end of the year. But I just, given the trend we've seen, Andrew, I just don't, 
I, I don't think he's going to play this season. I'm right there with you. It's it's definitely time is running out. You know, yep. you want and and I think all Colts fans want to see Jelani Woods. The Colts themselves want to see Jelani Woods out there to see what he can do in this Shane Steichen offense. But but time's running out. And and again, we haven't really heard much. We if if he doesn't play, we probably won't hear much until after the season uh, when we talk with Chris Ballard because Chris Ballard is never afraid to to share things like that. So uh, that'll be something that we'll have to ask him at that time. But I know the Colts certainly would love to get Jelani Woods back in, and we'll see if he does appear here in 2023. Uh, but let's wrap up the show, Drake, uh, with our Colts player of the game. I'll let you go first this time. Who is your Colts player of the game from Germany? You know, I, I got to go with Michael Pittman Jr. again. I, I just He just continues to shoulder the load of a receiver core that – wasn't really present outside of a couple big plays and the tight ends really weren't present. I mean, even Kylan Granson, even though like, I think, uh, I think CMDSR mentioned earlier that he blocked great and he did, he, he made a, an awful, awful, he, or a uh, lack of a play downfield that really could have potentially set up a, a, a scoring drive for the Indianapolis Colts. He only had like one catch for five yards or something. So Michael Pittman Jr. Eight catches, 84 yards on 12, 12 targets. He just, continuously proves that it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball doesn't matter who's calling the plays doesn't matter who's hurt on the offense or who's playing as long as he's out there he's going to get the volume and he's going to get those catches and again he did it against still a defensive mastermind in bill belichick so give him his roses Michael Pittman Jr., I think he's on pace for 112 catches for uh, 1,150 receiving yards. Both would be career highs for Michael Pittman coming into his own, you know, and showing and displaying why the Colts should re-sign him. I think they the organization would be absolutely foolish if they let Michael Pittman Jr. out of that door. Uh, really good pick for that one. For me, it's Dio Dagba with the breakout with the breakout game. Three sacks. Uh, turns out, just like Bernard Ryman, Dio Dagba had a lot of family members there too uh he is his parents are from nigeria so he was able to fly some family from nigeria to germany for that game i think he had like 13 family members there but three sacks four tackles for dio dagbo the breakout performance we've all been waiting for hurricane dio was released on on sunday and i think he's going to have a much bigger role with this colts defensive line moving forward so drake Five and five for the Indianapolis Colts. Everything is right in front of them uh, uh, for uh, uh, for the rest of the season. Definitely have a favorable schedule coming up. No gimmies, though, and, and I don't think the Colts can think of it that way. They have to take every single one of these seriously. But, hey, Shane Steichen has done some pretty incredible things with this team, and, and I'm not going to count them out for the rest of the season. So, Colts fans, if you had bailed on the season or weren't excited, I, I think you can start to be excited now because, who knows, maybe the Colts will make it interesting and make a late playoff push uh, over these next couple months. But I, I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. Drake. Yeah, and uh, the Colts have a lot of things in their favor. I mean, even though Minshew struggled, they still have arguably the best insurance policy you can pay uh, in the NFL. They've got a great play caller. They've got a defense that can step up when needed. Um, and they've got the schedule that really matches it all. So I do think they have to play some pretty damn good football to, to, to get into the playoffs. Uh, they might even have to finish five and five and two in this last seven game stretch to be realistic, but we'll see Shane Steichen's done wonderful work. And, uh, look, man, if they can sneak into the playoffs, I think you have a coach of the year, uh, candidate right there in Shane Steichen. Maybe if, maybe even if they finish nine and eight and don't make the playoffs, that's over double the wins from last year. I think that you might need to give him the award. 
think the Colts got their guy at not only at quarterback from what we saw in the first month of the season, but they've got a pretty damn good head coach as well, which is going to be scary for the rest of the league for years to come. And that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate you coming on and 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 chatting up Colts football with us on the bye week. Uh, want to give a shout out to our super chats for this evening. Shout out to Truett, Stats, Matt, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, for the super chats. Uh, really do appreciate it. And everybody else that joined us this evening uh, to, to celebrate another Victory Monday. And if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live whenever shad goes live for the saddle up show so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you Drake and I were uh, were a little busy this weekend writing things up for HorseshoeHuddle.com, to say the least. We're definitely going to enjoy this bye week to uh, get some get a little bit of rest before we power through the rest of the season. So, Drake, go tell the people what they can check out on the site that you've cooked up. So I've got my uh, three good, three bad, and the Colts is winning against the Patriots, so go check out those. Um, and, and I actually uh, covered for uh, one of our colleagues, Jake Arthur, who was on vacation. I did a crunching the numbers series, which I got to say, Colts Communications, they send out some pretty interesting facts about about a game, every single game. And even though it was a low scoring game, go check out that that uh, article because there was some pretty interesting facts in there and some milestones for young players that they achieved. Definitely go check that out. For me, got a piece on on the site about Dio Odangbo and and all the reaction from his big game yesterday. How uh, Odangbo felt after the game. Uh, got some comments from DeForest Buckner and Shane Steichen on what they have seen from Hurricane Dio, and and then he talked about his family members and how that gave him extra motivation yesterday. So. Dio Dangbo, keep that name in mind because Colts fans, if this continues, you're going to be hearing a lot of him for years to come. So go check that out and all the other wonderful writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at DWalster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Thursday night. It's the bye week, but we're still going to be back on Thursday to talk some Colts football where Drake and I will be giving our midseason Colts uh, awards for uh, for the 2023 season. So that'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you tune into that. Join us and, and tell us who you think deserves each award that we're going to be talking about on Thursday night. But until then, enjoy the bye week Colts fans and enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday. We'll be seeing you.